I've been talking about this with quite a few people lately because it's a similar, you know, similar thread to some of the conversations. Learn when to fire yourself. Mm. Uh, it would be the advice I would give you. Um, and you're not going to be able to fire yourself for a while when you're a solopreneur and you're just starting and like, you know, maybe you have one or two employees, right? But you are going to have to figure out along the path when it's time to let go of certain things. And you should look at it as like, I'm firing myself from being the director of marketing. I'm the CEO. I can't be responsible for putting out all of the tweets and running the paid search program and like, you know, all these kinds of things that, that might come up. And Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now today we've got another great guest on the podcast, uh, Matt Matt Ranta and uh, Matt uh, graduated from college uh, with a uh, art uh, art major, um, and then afterwards uh, did a couple odd jobs and then started at a uh, at a store as a first or as a customer service before moving into uh, sales. Um, and then that business uh, started to uh, build a website, going to e-commerce, and had an interest in that and helped to uh, build that out along with the databases and then. Uh, uh, or, or along the way, reached a bit of a breaking point and got worn out. And so I uh, had another or lined up another job. And then before leaving, asked the company about a position closer to home and got a new position. Afterwards, uh, managed and grew the e-commerce side of the business for a while and became the head of marketing. 2011, uh, wanted a new challenge. So moved to Denver and uh, started helping uh, others uh, or helping others with different uh, businesses. And uh, then uh, moved into the uh, mobile and art, uh, mobile and art tech uh, business, and founded his own consultancy in twenty twenty one, and uh, that's been uh, I think got acquired. So now he has a, a partner and been doing that with them as well. So, with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Devin. I appreciate it. Uh, great opportunity, and looking forward to conversation. Absolutely. So, so I just gave a 30 second version to a much longer journey. So why don't we uh, rewind and unpack that a bit? Um, so if we to kind of go back to, you know, you're coming out or going into college and getting the art major and figure out what you're going to do, maybe tell us how your journey got started there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll rewind all the way to the beginning of the the college journey, uh, so to speak. I was was actually all ready to become a Michigan State Spartan. Uh, had a dorm room and a roommate assigned and financial aid all set up the whole deal. Mm. And my stepdad said, "Hey, you really have to go check out the University of Montana." And uh, took me up there, and I fell in love with Missoula, Montana, and with the campus there, and switched. And so I was in college there. And um, kind of went along for, you know, a couple of years, uh, taking, you know, all the required courses, those kinds of things, and actually reached a point where the, the college was like, all right, well, you have to pick a major because I had been undecided up until that point. 
And I fell back on what I loved and, and chose art. And uh, I'm really glad I did that because I, I had a fantastic experience and was really able to branch out into a lot of different areas. Uh, what was unfortunate is, you know, when you go to a, a college like that and go through the art program, there isn't a lot of uh, teaching you how to make money with art, how to how to go out and start a business with art, these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so when I got done and graduated, uh, I, you know, I had to fall back on other things in order to be able to make a living. And that's when I started to, you know, you mentioned a couple odd jobs, things like that. I actually uh, had worked construction previously in high school and during the summers uh, in college. And so I started framing houses, uh, realized quickly that, you know, I needed health insurance, things like that, and, and wanted to move into a role where that would be possible. And that's when I got hired and started at Vans, the company you mentioned, which was a consumer electronics and major appliance retailer based in the state of Montana. Um, and that's really where things started to take off for me in, in a lot of different ways, right? So that gets me to the point where, you know, I started to work in the customer service department. I then uh, heard we were opening a store and I wanted to get into sales because that's what I had originally applied to do. And so I moved from Missoula to Billings and started becoming a salesperson in our new store there, became the best uh, salesperson in the organization for a little while uh, in time. Um, not for very long because we had one guy that was amazing. <laughs> But enough that I got some recognition and was asked to come back and be the assistant manager in our Missoula headquarters store, then moved into management in the Hamilton, Montana store. And that's really where kind of the e-commerce journey uh, took off for me. So hmm. lots of fun there. Yeah. Now, and, and so you and so you got to, you, you know, kind of move from customer service, went into sales. And I know, you know, you mentioned a little bit more about you know, they were kind of wanting, to, you know, you were in sales for a period of time. Sounds like you did a great job. Even if there was one other guy that you were competing back and <laughs> forth with, that's still awesome. Um, now as you're are in sales, you know, uh, you, you mentioned, I think when we talked a little bit before, e-commerce was coming about and kind of had an interest, but kind of how did that maybe opportunity or how did that arise as to saying, hey, this would be a, a good path that I'd like to take and, uh, and, uh, and going down that road? Yeah. So, I, I was in Hamilton, Montana. I was the manager of the location there. And uh, for those of you that don't know Hamilton, Montana, uh, average age there is 50. I was in my you know mid-20s at that point in time. It's a community of about 40,000 people. And it's 45 minutes south of, the, of Missoula, Montana, where I went to college and where all my friends and community were. Mm. And so I found myself frequently bored in the evenings, quite, quite honestly. <laughs> And so I knew that a couple folks in our organization were starting to build a website. And I said to them, I was like, you know, how can I get in on this? What, what, what do you need help with? And what they said at that point in time is we really need the, the databases filled with content that are going to power the website pages. So literally started writing content like, okay, here's the model number. Here's a brief description of it. Here's all the specifications for you know, 50 TVs and 25 receivers and hundred pairs of speakers and like help them do all of that. And that's when I reached also kind of the breaking point that you mentioned, right? Like mm -hmm. 
I'm living in Hamilton. I'm driving, you know, north every evening after work if I'm not, you know, filling out databases or whatever. And my social life was all somewhere else. And I just like, it just didn't fit for me anymore. And that's the moment in time where, you know, I don't know how many people actually know this, but that's like, I lined up another job. I was ready to go and become a target manager, quite honestly, mm. <laughs> and um, had interviewed with them and was like, they were going to send me off to where I live now, Denver, Colorado, to go to a management school that they have here. And I said, you know, before you make a, a major significant change like that, don't just dismiss the organization you currently work for, go and have a conversation with them. And so that's that's when I, that moment came and I did. And I said, listen, I would love to come and work back in the headquarters uh, doing just about anything for you guys, as long as it's, you know, a similar, uh, you know, earning potential for me. And um if not, I totally get it. Like, I don't expect you to just open your arms and have a job for me. I, I've got something else, but I can't keep doing what I'm doing. And I got lucky. And they said, why don't you come and join the, the e-commerce operation? Hmm. So then I say, okay, hey, sounds great. Love to join the e-commerce operation. Sounds like it would be a good opportunity. Also, hey, rather than having to leave and go do somewhere else, you can or take advantage of the opportunity that the, the business you already had is uh is uh presenting and so now it's your sounds like you know not or you didn't have a lot of background or experience in doing e-commerce or building websites yet so kind of how did you go about tackling that figuring out building that side of the business out and kind of uh and and uh, going about that route yeah yeah so it was 1998. Um, I don't know a lot of people at that moment in time that had tons of experience with with e-commerce, right? Everybody was a startup. Uh, and we were literally um, five or six individuals that were running this entire operation. And I mean, everything. We're, we're on the phones, we're down in the warehouse checking in returns or putting, you know, shipments that are on their way out into boxes. We're literally handwriting UPS labels because we didn't have a printer at that point in time. Um, you know, you're running back upstairs, you've got new products, you're writing copy for those. Somebody comes along and says, Hey, here's uh, you know, biz rate, and you can go out and we can list all of our products on there. We just have to send them a data feed and we got to figure out, you know, what we're gonna put in there and, and how does that work? And so we're, you know, all kind of churning through all of these things and everybody on the team's finding, hey, I'm a little bit better at operations, I'm a little bit better at the marketing stuff, and we're learning as we go and just trial by fire in a in a lot of ways. And was really fortunate, and that was almost like you know, another whole intensive degree program and like go learn e-commerce, right? <laughs> it's the master's in e-commerce by trial by fire. And so did that for quite a while as just kind of a member of the team. And then the individual that was managing that group wound up leaving and I took over managing the e-commerce operation. And we grew and moved into a, a whole separate location from the retail store where we had just kind of had offices in the back room. We had our own warehouse, we had our own group of people. Uh, and it was literally to the point where I felt like, oh my gosh, this thing's so huge. It's not like we can have one e-commerce manager. We need some other people. We need like a general manager. We need a director of marketing. We need a director of operations. We need all these other things. And so that's when I took over actually all of the digital marketing part of that e-commerce business. And some other folks did all the operations and those kinds of things. And so 
that was another great inflection point and realizing and growth, like when it's a good time to stick your hand up and say, I can't do this by myself. I need some help. (laughs) No. And I I think that, you know, it gets to the point. And I I think for a lot of times, you know, a lot of times you probably wait way too long of, Hey, keep saying, I can get this myself and I can get this taken care of. And, you know, it's a balance because you're saying, Hey, if I bring someone or other people on, I have to train them. I have to do all these other things. And so you tend to, you know, maybe wait a a bit too longer than you should, but with good, uh, you know, good uh, purpose or good uh, reason behind it. So, so now Mm -hmm. you managed and grew that, uh, that bit or side of the e-commerce business um, for, for how long was that or over what period of time? Gosh, you know, uh, starting in um, like, you know, 98, 99, um, and then all the way up until 2011. And by the time I exited that business, uh, I was actually overseeing all the marketing for not only the e-commerce operations, but for all of the retail operations as well. And Mm -hmm. we had a direct consumer catalog that we sent out quarterly that we were running as well from my group. So quite a bit. And in 2011, I you know made the decision to move away from that organization and came down to Denver, Colorado, and started working there for Cricket Wireless. And um, that was that was a fun experience as well. Helped them introduce the iPhone into prepaid wireless. Helped build a internal uh, website now, for the franchisee before you, partners. Before we get too yeah, far yeah. deep into it, just have one question for you. So, I mean, you say, because I know when you talked and you mentioned and we talked before, you kind of got to the point 2011, hey, I'm looking for a new challenge, different direction, want to do something different. Was there kind of an inflection point of saying, hey, this happened and it gave me the realization that I was bored or what is something new or different? Or is it just kind of a an aggregation of things or kind of what caused you to say, hey, I need a new challenge. I'm going to go or move somewhere else, go do something else. You know, what was kind of that genesis? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. I was trying to be kind of the nice guy about it. But <laughs> so so Vans is an organization uh, found themselves in, in kind of some uh, financial difficulties at that point in time. And they actually wound up uh, after I left a year or even maybe two, um, by the time it finally occurred, they went bankrupt and uh, the CEO found himself actually uh, going to to jail for a while, um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And the, you know the activities that were leading to all of that happening were actually you know prevalent at the point in time that I left, and even more so. You know, we had had some consultants come in and say, "Here's all the things you need to do to right the ship and go after them," and here's a plan and. You know, a bunch of us were ready to go execute that. And unfortunately, not everybody was on board with executing that. And I could see that that lack of cohesion around the direction of the organization, as well as some of the financial decisions were being made, were going to lead down the path that they did. And I didn't want to um, find myself in a scenario where I was working for somebody that was going bankrupt and I was going to lose my job. So I took the power into my own hands and said, I'm just going to find myself another job. That was the the impetus for it. And then chose the Denver market because my wife has all of her family. She's from here and it made a lot of sense. A great booming economy at that point in time and has continued to be. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds like it was a, you know, a good uh, foresight. And I think, you know, taking the the power kind of into your own hands as opposed to just slowly waiting for it to happen and, and you know, kind of death by a thousand cuts or maybe death by one big cut. Um, yeah. Sounds like it was a, a good, uh, a good uh, path that you took. So you said, okay, you know, this is where I'm headed, you know, going to or leave before, you know, things go south, so to speak. 
um, or too far south. And so you go and you go do that. You take on the new adventure and kind of how did you figure out new location, new adventure? Kind of what did you or how did you figure out what you were going to do? Yeah, you know, I started putting my name out there to quite a few different recruiters and um, mostly was looking in the in the Denver, Colorado area. Although I had some crazy opportunities right at the point in time, like immediately accepted a job in Denver and then had like three other opportunities come knocking on the door right away. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, you know, I picked the the opportunity in Denver with Cricket Wireless because it was going to be a, a pretty dramatic change in a lot of ways. I was moving into their merchandising group and I was going to focus on just in-store merchandising. And mm. I had reached this point with um where i had been previously with e-commerce and that particular organization of running all the different stuff where it was like i feel torn across 50 different things all the time and mm -hmm. maybe it'll be nice to do you know focus on one thing and ultimately i almost immediately got back into e-commerce consulting because <laughs> one i realized if i get out of this it's going so fast i'm going to be behind and nobody's mm -hmm. going to like give me the time of day for consulting or for job opportunities or anything. So I started consulting for some other organizations and then I started reaching out internally in, in uh, cricket and saying, what else can I do? And that's ultimately how I got involved in helping to launch iPhone into prepaid wireless for them and how I got involved in um, actually setting up a website to sell security devices and fixtures to franchisees, which was just an internal, you know, infra infrastructure kind of piece of, of website utilized by cricket employees and cricket franchisee employees. But still that, you know, that was a, that was a fun project, like built the Magento website and started, started driving, you know, transactions uh, from a B2B perspective internally. So that was super interesting. And then, Cricket got bought by AT&T. And so I was at another inflection point. And, you know, AT&T was um, actually asking me to stay with the company, but they wanted me to move to Atlanta. And so I gave that the old college try and went out there for a little while and uh, ultimately found it wasn't a place that uh, I wanted to be or that my family wanted to be. And so was in a scenario where, hey, guess what? Time to find another gig. So now what, so you, you know, you didn't find another gig. And I think when we chatted a bit before you kind of went through a few, you went to worked, you know, kind of in similar industries for solar and electronic components and that um, kind of moved throughout the industry. Now kind of, you know, give us that quick progression. Cause I think at some point you, you decided, Hey, I'm going to, you know, after so many years later decided I'm going to go do my own consultancy and kind of go down that route. So kind of fills in that gap as to kind of what was that progression? Yeah, yeah. So the the solar company I was consulting for towards the end of the, my cricket tenure um, and that kind of overlapped. And then I moved into B2B e-commerce and that's with an organization called Aero Electronics. And they're one of the top distributors of electronic components in the entire world. Um, you know, 30 plus billion dollars in revenue. I, I haven't kept track of exactly what they're at right now, but massive company. Mm. And um you know, they deal with organizations like, you know, contract manufacturers like Foxconn and folks that make the iPhone or, you know, Jabil and Sanmina and these, these huge kinds of industries and companies. And I got a job there uh, in the digital group in the e-commerce uh, department for them where um, 
when I had been interviewing for it, it was kind of a, a product owner equivalent to what we all think of as, as an e-commerce product owner uh, right now in the in the world. But it was going to be across three websites and it was going to be this huge, massive job. And it felt, you know, it felt a little broad in its scope, quite honestly. And lucky for me, my first day there was the second day for a, a new chief digital officer, uh, this guy named Matt Anderson. And the guy that hired me into the organization said, you know, glue yourself to that guy's hip and, and hang on for the ride. And Fortunately, you know, Matt could see that I had, you know, e-commerce knowledge that I had done it in the past, that I understood digital marketing, all these kinds of things. And so I started to, to be able to work alongside him. And uh, then eventually, you know, we shaped a, a new group within the, the digital team there at Arrow, uh, where I was the director of digital services. And this was an internal agency, essentially doing all of the digital marketing and analytics for Arrow.com for Verical.com, which was an online components marketplace, and for a couple of the other websites in the Arrow digital portfolio. And that then grew into me actually being the general manager of Verical.com. So I ran that entire operation and helped grow that um, through quite a few different uh, methods. And ultimately, um, that industry ran into some challenges with, um, you know, the tariffs that got imposed on electronic components uh, in the fairly recent past and some supply and demand changes where, um, you know, planning of, of goals um, in a year where demand was high and supply was tight switched when demand got low and supply was rich. <laughs> so... Mm -hmm. That led to me uh, making the decision that it was time to go find uh, some other work. And I then ventured off into mobile marketing and mobile ad tech and worked with a company called Ad Action and helped them uh, through business development and you know, launched the, a new office in London and hired a general manager over there, uh, helped deliver you know, some pretty lofty sales goals to them uh, and did, did a lot of fun things. But started to feel towards uh you know the end of of 2021 that things were um you know growing for me again into an area where i wanted to explore some new stuff and that's when i ventured out and did some solo uh shop consulting uh in october 2021 yeah so now you said okay gonna do my own solo thing and uh or, or make the leap go out or you know and, and kind of go in that direction so you go out there in 2021 so a couple of years ago um you know i think that's always a, a time where sometimes it's awesome and great and you enjoy it and you find out you love it and other times you find out you hate it or you don't like it or you're not good at it and every and none are not bad or good or bad any of the above it's just kind of a, a time where you get to find those out as well as you get to find out hey this is oftentimes much harder than i anticipated or isn't as easy as i thought so kind of give us an idea when you went out on your own did it rocket ship to the top and you loved it and enjoyed it and it went amazing and you had tons of clients sunk and you know hated it and was overwhelmed and burned out or somewhere in between but uh, kind of fill us in as to how that went yeah yeah it's another kind of interesting uh story for for me at least hopefully it is for other people uh, <laughs> i was actually um all lined up to to take another job for somebody else and 
I um, I was going to go and run another website uh, for a, a company in the ID protection uh, world, and um, going to be able to you know work from home and, and all these kinds of things, and it was great. And I had gotten contacted by uh, some friends of mine, actually the founder of Nimble Gravity, the organization that I work for and work with now. Uh, reached out and asked me if I had some time to do some freelance consulting because I had done a little bit here and there for them. Uh, and I was like, nah, uh, listen, I, I love you guys. I'm sorry. I'm about to start a new job. I don't think it's a good idea for me to take on a big project while I'm also drinking from the fire hose of information that a new job comes with. Mm. Like, you know, let's pass on this time, but call me back, you know, down the road. And he just happened to mention, he was like, well, you should call you know, a, a mutual friend of ours and just let him know that you're uh, transitioning and, and those kinds of things. Cause we were chatting about you the other day. And I was like, all right, you know, we don't think anything's going to come of that, but whatever, I'll let him know. Mm. So I, I texted this guy because I know that he never picks up his phone. Like he just he, like doesn't do it. And, you know, I'm just like, Hey, you know, changing jobs, going to switch to this. Um, hope you're doing well kind of thing. And immediately I, after I sent it and my phone started ringing and it was, it was him. And he was like, don't do it. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Don't do it. And he's like, if I could, you know, if I could get you enough work, uh, would you feel comfortable being, a, you know, an independent uh, consultant on your own and, and do mm. you know, independent contracting work for me and, and for others that I could help you drum up some work with? And I was like, well, yeah, but like, you got to show me, like, we got to have something tangible here. I mean, this sounds super interesting uh, and and fun and, and new, but I wanted some kind of, you know, assurances as much as anybody can give you an assurance about any job, which is not that much, but <laughs> I wanted to feel better about telling the guys that I had agreed to go work for that I wasn't going to work for them and be mm -hmm. certain I was going to have an income. Lo and behold, he's able to make that, you know, happen uh, and give me enough assurance that there's going to be work for me that 24 hours before I was going to take another job, I had to call the hiring manager and give him the most terrible news I think you can <laughs> give to somebody who is expecting a new employee to start the next day of, sorry, I'm not coming in and here's why. Um, so I, I deeply apologize to that individual and have done so many times, but you know, it, it was a new path for me and wound up becoming amazingly fun. Yeah. Mm. So now, no, and I think, you know, that is interesting because he have it all lined up and it's, it, I, I agree. It is absolutely an inflection point. You have to decide, do I go the what is appears to be a safe route? Although I always contend, you know, just going, working for a big business, just like you see all the layoffs and you hear the announcement, totally. it, there's not any, there's not a lot more security. Now it feels more secure just because you're removed from the financial aspect and how it's all run. And sometimes you don't have to see that. So it feels like you're safe, but on the other hand, once you know where, or once you do your own thing, at least you know what's going on. So you yeah. go do the, you know, you start the consultancy, say, okay, I'm going to go do my own thing, going to go down this different route. Now you did that around 2021. And then I think at some point along there, got acquired or merged or otherwise joined up with some other partners. And that's kind of where you're at today. So kind of fill us in. How's yeah. it gone since you started and, and what caused the, or or, or what to, or brought you to, to where you're at today? Yeah. 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 So, you know, October of 21, I started the the solo thing and, and did that um, until the end of the year, really. And um, what had been going on is I was doing 
work about e-commerce or performance marketing or you know growth marketing, whatever you want to term it as in, in the particular work stream, alongside the guys at Nimble Gravity when they're looking at data science or talent analysis or, or whatever it might have been that, that they were doing. And we were also frequently working for the same client, right? And so it kind of just made sense for us to join forces rather than for me to have my own thing and then have their own thing and always be working on the same stuff. Why not make both organizations a little bit more powerful? Uh, me making you know myself much more powerful with with their resources versus the other way around. Hiring one guy uh, isn't necessarily a, a game changer, but fortunately, you know that all went super smoothly. Um, it, and I started working directly with Nimble Gravity. Got got mm -hmm. brought into the fold. Uh, the intention was I wasn't going to start until the middle of January of 22, but literally had a project come in on the second and it was kind of like, well, whatever, like this is, <laughs> this is the consulting world. Something comes in and it's like, it's time to work. So uh, jumped right in and started working with them uh, January 2nd of uh, 2022. And, you know, now we're uh, 14 months later ish, 13 months later ish. And uh, it's been fantastic uh, working across a huge diverse group of clients, everything from, uh, you know, health companies to, uh, you know, uh, Earth Ranger is a company that makes software to protect wildlife and um, in preserves and uh, things like that and help those those folks that manage it, uh, helping launch clothing brands, you name it. So all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and it's just been a, a great journey. Yeah. And you were going to answer, I was going to say, you know, sometimes you get into partnerships, mergers, and otherwise, you know, sharing resources and say, hey, this is awesome. This is great and makes perfect sense. And other times you say, ah, I wish I'd regretted it, but, you know, wish I'd stayed in or solo or that or, you know, give me my freedom. So sounds like in this case, it worked out well and it was a good, uh, good, uh, good partnership or a good uh, decision that uh, is uh, it worked out well so far. Is that a, a fair, fair summary? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, they hired a bunch of people that I, you know, if I was going to build my own shop and keep working on my own, like they were the same people I would have gone after. They had back office folks. Like I didn't have to deal with like, how do I figure out insurance or HR kind of kinds of things anymore. Right. So it was, it was an ability to join a, a group that I was already, you know, filled with friends and, and former coworkers from my days at, at Arrow and other places where it was just like, it was getting back to this great group of people and accelerating a bunch of resources and doing the same thing. So it's, it's been wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Always glad, always glad it works out well and it's a good decision. So that's, that's uh, great that it's uh, worked out well so far and uh, or, or a lot of uh, work yet to come. So totally. Well, now as, uh, as we uh, kind of uh, are caught up to the present day of the journey, it's always a great time to transition to the two questions I always ask at the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. For sure. So the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? What'd you learn from it? Gosh. Um, I don't know if... I don't know if it could have gone down any other way. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the decisions that I kind of got forced into making mm. was around 
an employee situation where an individual disagreed with the productivity and performance expectations that we had on everybody in the same role that this individual held and um, didn't feel that producing things at a high speed with a minimal amount of mistakes um, was as important and as good as producing things very slowly with zero mistakes. And so in e-commerce, oftentimes, you know, especially in the early days, being first to get a listing in SEO was critically important, right? And so you're writing product copy and getting out content and creating new pages. It, it's important to have speed at that. And it's acceptable then to say, listen, if there's a spelling error or some grammatical errors or whatever, and they're minimal, it's not like the entire thing is gibberish, let it go and let's get it out there and we can come back and iterate on this process. Mm. And that individual didn't agree with that. And the performance management process that we had to go through was burdensome and, mm. and long, right? And so I think the bad decision, worst decision was continuing to allow that to be prolonged. And it got to the point where there was mediation involved and eventually the person left the organization. And after they left, they later admitted to being substantially happier having left the organization. And if we could have just compressed that timeline and had an honest, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversation without all that kind of stuff, like, hey, this isn't a good fit. Here's why. Let's part ways nicely. Like mm. that, that to me felt like a bad decision, both from a human standpoint, not only for him and me getting drugged through that process, but just from a business standpoint and wasting those resources and having a misaligned team and all those kinds of things. No, and I think, you know, and that is always hard to the more you more experience you get hopefully you get a little bit better at hiring but every time you go through it to set expectations for them to understand for you to understand and then once they're hired to make sure that everybody's aligned that it's the the right fit and that is it's everybody i think everybody always thinks that hey i would do i i know what i'm doing and i would do a better job and all those other people out there they just don't get how to do it you get into it it's it's a much more difficult route and it takes a lot more yeah experience to, to avoid those mistakes so definitely a, a, a an easy mistake to make but a good one to learn from totally now second question i always ask is now if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them uh yeah i've been talking about this with quite a few people lately because it's a similar you know similar thread to some of the conversations learn when to fire yourself uh, it would be the advice I would give you. Um, and you're not going to be able to fire yourself for a while when you're a solopreneur and you're just starting and like, you know, maybe you have one or two employees, right? But you are going to have to figure out along the path when it's time to let go of certain things. And you should look at it as like, I'm firing myself from being the director of marketing. I'm the CEO. I can't be responsible for putting out all of the tweets and running the paid search program and like, you know, all these kinds of things that, that might come up. And you have to 
maximize and op optimize that process of kind of firing yourself and, and growing and letting go of things, whether it it's something you're doing as an individual contributor and you just have to fire yourself from doing too much on your to-do list and getting too scattered, or you're growing through an organization that's not yours and you're moving from senior management to director to VP, like your job changes, what you have to do changes. And the same thing is true for somebody who's a founder. As you go through that process, you have to realize when it's time to let go of things and you don't want to do it too soon because then it's a profitability challenge, right? And that creates a scenario that might be not good for you and somebody that you bring in to do things. Mm. Um, but you also don't want to do it too late either, right? Like you don't want to wait to the point where people are snapping because they have too much on their plates and you need to have fired yourself from a process or, or given that to somebody else. So, No, I think that's uh, definitely a great piece of advice. Great takeaway. And uh, I think it's a, 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 a good, insightful uh, thought. So well, now as we uh, wrap towards the end of the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Yeah, I think the two best ways are the website, nimblegravity.com, uh, spelled just like it, uh, the two words, obviously, no, no funky leaving out vowels or anything. <laughs> and then... Uh, LinkedIn would be the other fast way. Look me up on LinkedIn, Matt Ranta. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, make a connection, and if nothing else, a new best friend. So with that, thank you again, Matt, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you the listeners that are out there, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Just go to inventiveguest.com, fly to be on the show couple more things as listeners make sure to click share subscribe and leave us a review it helps us to you share these journeys with even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success and on that note if you ever need help along your journey with patents trademarks or anything else with startups or small businesses just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat and we're always here to help well thank you again matt for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last thanks devin really appreciate it good luck